Welcome to the Joshua Nima Show, where you get a shot of truth with your coffee. This is our election day show. We're very excited. This is it. And I'm very excited to have with me Anna, my co-host. Anna, welcome. Hello, everyone. I'm I'm glad to be back. Uh, I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Yes, and I'm just, we've made it through the marathon. We have a few more days until election day. Did you think we'd make it, Anna? Uh, can I just, can I, can I just plead the fifth on that one? I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think that works considering what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. We'll take the fifth. Um, okay. Now we're going to get into Trump and all the politics later, but we're going to right now talk about the Supreme court. Where did you want to go, Anna? Okay. So I noticed in regards to the Supreme court, uh, the Senate, the senators um, rushed in the new the new judge for a vote, and she's officially the now um, replaced uh, R RBG's um, chair mm-hmm. in the Supreme Court. And there's been talks that I've been seeing because of this that they want to extend the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't even think that's good enough to just extend the seats. So what do you think should happen? Okay. I do believe that having nine judges like play God, that's not that's not enough people to to represent a country. Okay. Uh, or to judge fairly. It's a select pool pool of people in regards to those seats. All who but, go to Harvard and Yale, yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, they have no um no, um, what's it? Understanding of day-to-day people's lives. Right. Um, no, you're absolutely right, and that's something to think about. Because if you look at every Supreme Court justice, and you only get them from two universities, either Harvard or Yale, and you think about all the colleges, all the law schools around this country. And basically, unless you are one of the elite and you could get into one of those colleges, you can't uh, sit on the highest court in the land. So it kind of um, sets up a two-tier system. You have the first-class people who get, you know, the good placements, the good jobs, the connections, and then you have everybody else. So you're right that that's not fair. Well, yeah. Well, and not just that, Uh people who go like a lot of people who go to Harvard and Yale, they don't have an understanding of the average person's life Mm -hmm. because they come from a privileged background. Right. And people from a privileged background may not be able to judge people who don't come from privileged background fairly, especially when it comes to issues of crime. Mm -hmm. You're right. And then you could see um, in the crime bill that was put through, um, the disparities and how it could really affect people because you see, on one hand, powdered cocaine, which tends to be uh, Caucasians use that, white people, 
it has a limited sentence, but crack cocaine, because it's cheaper, you tend to have uh, minorities, such as black people, use that, and you have 10 times the punishment for that. And so you can see how the laws are written by themselves, that there really is one set of laws for one group of people and one set for the other. And then when you get to it at the Supreme Court, like you're saying, if the people who are judging it don't have the lived life experience, um, that could be a problem. Yeah, um, what you just said about the about the crime bill, that reminded me of the fact that, you know, we had the drug war and Nixon specifically said on tape this. I believe it was Nixon that this was in regards to arresting more black people and Latino people. And so, so like drugs, which is, should be treated as a social problem and not a crime mm-hmm. because addiction is a mental issue, mental health issue. What would you say though about the people who deal with, who deal the drugs? Would you so, still treat them uh, more harshly or would you let them go? Okay, so because crime does not work in a bubble, people who commit crimes, there's usually, there's, there's um, usually like reasoning or stuff like that. It's a case by case, yeah. you know, because like, am I going to throw the kid like this high schooler that's selling marijuana to his peers in jail forever. Like probably not. Right. When I was about to hit you for being soft on crime, you had to go there. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the addicts, we need to get them into treatment and recovery. The drug dealers themselves, I think probably a little harsher, but I think we're getting off. I distracted you there. Yeah. Sorry. Let's go back to the Supreme court. (laughs) Because we could have a whole nother conversation um, on um, criminal law. But, okay, Supreme Court. So Amy Coney Barrett got onto the Supreme Court. They were able to do that in, in about 33 days. And yet they weren't able to come up with another stimulus package because of COVID-19. So people who've been out of work since March, people who are suffering, trying to put food on the table, we haven't been able to do that, but we can rush through um, a Supreme Court justice. So, with that, that's telling that's that's telling you that uh, our representatives don't represent the people. They don't care. They they're fine with people being homeless and dying. They're fine with that. Yes. These um, these senators don't care. Um, because they're not held accountable as much as we say that oh we live in democracy um it doesn't seem like that's actually the case because these representatives do what they want and they don't care that's true because and i think that has to do with how we've drawn the districts 20 years ago you would have to moderate a little bit and you'd have to appeal to both sides but now we've made the districts so red or so blue that really there's no encouragement to negotiate or make any kind of peace. You just are running to the either the far Trump side or the Bernie side, and there's no room in the middle anymore to negotiate. What do you think about that? Um, so districts are um, like there's a lot of gerrymandering, and 
in the way our elections work. Mm-hmm. For, for instance, um, I'm not, I'm pretty sure I talked to you about the electric college before, and yes. how that should be eliminated. Yes. And the reason why that should be eliminated is because that's not representative of people. It was created during a time of slavery to count three to five fifth rules um, in regards to the South. And that's actually why the Electric College exists. Mm -hmm. It does not exist for the benefit of the people. It's literally a racist law. And so, but that doesn't benefit people in power to say, hey, let's get rid of this Electric College. Because then it, it would make people have to be accountable for their actions. And it doesn't help in regards to for example, like the Senate races, that they're only up once every six years. Mm-hmm. Six years is a very, very long time. That's half a decade. Yeah, and yeah. then they stay there their whole lives. You could think of people like John McCain, Ted Kennedy, Robert Byrd, Diane Feinstein, who you and I have had uh, famous dealings with, and um, it didn't go that well. Um, But you have all these people who've spent lifetimes, 30, 40 years there, and then you see that it's not necessarily the most effective anymore. So do you think we should maybe give people 12-year term limits or 18 years? You know, maybe even shorter. Maybe even shorter than that. Ooh, you are not looking to make any elected officials happy, are you? (laughs) Okay, well, the thing is, public office should exist for you to serve the people right and getting too comfortable in in a seat might just make you forget that you are a person of the public right and so that's but it looks like uh we don't have as much time as you want uh what is your opinion about the election it's coming up tuesday this is it. In your gut, tell me, where do you think it's going to go? Is Trump going to stay in or is Biden taking it? Either way, Trump is going to complain about it, um, knowing Trump. Well, well that's a given. If he, if, he won, if he won, he's not going to complain. If he loses, he's going to complain, no matter how big of that slide is. Uh, I'm not very sure in regards to if Biden's going to win it, though, because... There's definitely, like, people who are going out to vote because they hate Trump, you know. But Biden is not specifically someone that a lot of people like. like, So you're saying it's more of an anti-Trump vote than a pro-Biden vote. That's correct. Um, It's an anti-Trump vote, especially for those who are on the left. Yes. Leftists are voting. Like, some leftists are voting for Biden because they don't want Trump. Okay. But but you have, like, mo- I guess moderates that are voting for Biden, but in regards to, um, I think I seen the Link- Lincoln Project campaign the other day. Um, mm-hmm. You know what Lincoln Project yes. is, right? Yes. And so in regards to, like, they're backing Biden and whatnot. And the thing is, Biden is basically a Republican. And people act like he's, like, some hardcore Democrat. He's actually, like, more closer on on the right in the political compass than he is on the left. So are you going to use that horrible M-word moderate? 
Biden's not even like, I guess, on a political compass, a moderate. He's actually on the right. He's been trying to cut Social Security for 40 years, for instance. You know, he's not he's not the most Democrat of the Democrat, basically. I think so, you've just actually made an appeal, and this is interesting. I think you've just made an appeal to Republican and moderate voters telling them that you could vote for Joe Biden without worrying about socialism. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much because okay, uh, I'm someone who's on the left, on left and I I'm just like I know you are. We <laughs> used to have famous fights on air um because I am not on the left. Um and I wish we could do it right now, but we all have to be on the same side right now till Tuesday to uh, get Biden elected. And then the next week, we should come back and have our fights when the election's solved. And I think those would be much more entertaining than the debates we've had this year. Mm-hmm. But um, so you've actually made a case, and I'm glad you've done this. So you've made a case to that working dad, the working mom, who weren't thrilled with Bernie Sanders. They feel that socialism and all this is not where they want to go, but they don't like Trump and they want a place to go. So you're saying that Biden, that the left isn't happy with Biden and a conservative, a moderate, an independent could feel happy with him. It depends on the independent specifically, but yeah, the general like moderate or uh, traditional Republican would probably like Biden better. The difference between Biden and Trump is that Trump is loud about his racism and his his systematic issues, but Biden is more quiet about. Oh, 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 Anna, Anna, Anna. Um, I wouldn't uh, anyway. I wouldn't <laughs> go there. But what I would say is, when you have a choice between Trump, who's a fascist an authoritarian, someone who wants to tear our country down, who put kids in cages, took DACA away, put in a Muslim ban, at least attempted to. Um, We have 545 kids still separated from their parents. And you have so many of these bad things coming. Um, I would vote for almost Mickey Mouse um, other than Trump because he's a threat to our democracy and he's not capable or competent to do the job. So I'm going to take your endorsement of Biden and we're going to come back next week after the election's done and we're going to have a no holds bar debate and we could get into this. And I think it's going to be highly entertaining, but I'm just, what? I do want to say one thing. Yes. Um, No matter who wins, we have to have a shift in, in our, um, the way our politics work, because clearly people are not being representative either on, um, the federal level um, in regards to either judicial or Congress mm-hmm. or um, the executive branch. People are not being representative in any of these branches. And So you're saying it's time for a change? I'm saying it's time for a change. Especially in our foreign policy. This is where you and I both agree we got to get out of these damn wars. We have to bring our people home. No more nation building. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you and I, on economic issues, we're going to go to war. On health care, we're probably a little closer. But on foreign policy, we completely agree. End the wars, close Guantanamo, bring our people home. And that's how 
you fix this country and make it better. Yeah, I agree. That's wonderful. I don't know that we've ever done that. I like that. Do you have any closing thought before we go? Uh, I do believe that everyone who should listen to this, even if you're not interested in the uh, the election in regards to presidential election, which is fine, you should probably still vote because there's a lot of propositions that's on that's on um, the ballot the ballot for different states. Yes. And you should read into it and and decide like what to vote on in regards to making sure that your rights aren't taken away. Exactly. Civil liberties, the foundation beliefs that you get to determine your own life. This is how you do it. November 3rd, Election Day. Get out there. Vote. Let's turn this country around. Let's fix the problems. I love having you on, Anna. This is wonderful. And I'm looking forward to our debate. It's going to be really good. I'm glad to be back on. Okay, Anna. Thank you very much. No problem. Have a great day. You too. Okay, and it looks like we have Bethany from Bloomington online too. What, Beth, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. What do you want to talk about? Um, Trump. I know that's a hot topic. There we go. Okay, the election's less than a week away, so... What's you, what do you want to say? So, do you believe Donald Trump will accept the election results, or will he hunker down in the big White House? <laughs> the romantic in me wants to see him get um, dragged out by Secret Service, but um, <laughs> I I have a feeling that Trump realizes that it's probably not going to be a good outcome for him, and so... He's going to try everything he can. Um, He's going to say these are fake results, and then he's going to try to kick it to the Supreme Court. But I think at the end of the day, once it's settled, Trump is going to accept it, and he's probably going to try to get out of here before he's prosecuted. What do you think Trump's going to do? Likewise, I'm just thinking about the timeline, how, how long he'll, you know, stay there. I think, well, we know by law that if it's not decided by January 20th who the president is, then the Speaker of the House, who is Nancy Pelosi at this time, um, becomes acting president. So no matter what, January 20th, this is going to be over one way or the other. But I would guess that we're not going to know, unless it's a blowout election, we're not going to know on election night what happens and then we're going to start counting mail-in voting trump's going to scream they're going to run to the supreme court and they just got the new judge on there so they're going to try to see if they could stop the counting at the supreme court and pull some stunts sadly it probably will work considering the makeup of the court but but either way i think within about two weeks by Thanksgiving, there'll be a president one way or the other. Should make for an interesting holiday talk on the table. <laughs> yes, and you have to figure out who you have to kick out from the table. But um, what have you thought about this election, Bethany? You've followed it, I take it. So what's really stood out to you? Ah, well, you know, when he recently caught COVID, 
um, a lot of people thought that, you know, that would change things as to how, you know, our leaders would react to this whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sadly, as you know, the makeup is not what we'd like it to be. So that I feel like that is the most prominent thing that we've had going on for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of sympathy votes, maybe. That's what I think people were maybe trying to pull from that. Yeah. Do you think that he... I'm sorry. Do you think that he actually had um, COVID-19? I don't know. It's hard to say. I'd like... Well, I wouldn't say I'd like to think he had it, but... uh, (laughs) But, yeah. Because that's... I don't know. I don't think so. That's something that's come up with a lot of the callers. There's a question if he had it, considering how quickly he bounced back. But let me ask you, if someone is supposed to protect this country and they aren't able to protect themselves, they aren't able to protect their wife or their child, and everybody who was close to them ended up getting the virus, and now the vice president's team, about five people there have it, and if they can't protect their own administration, do you feel safe him protecting us as American people? Hands down, no. Um, I mean, just the simple fact that we have a doctor over here letting us know that we should be wearing a mask and our leader is, you know, either not wearing a mask or telling his people to wear a mask. I mean, that's just one of the few things that you can do to protect yourself and others. And it just seems that it's turned into this whole debacle uh, on doing what is right, right for yourself in the community. And if he can't do it, then of course we can't believe in his community to protect us. Okay. Thank you very much, Bethany. And let me ask you, uh, it sounds like it's safe to say you're not a Trump voter. Was there ever a chance for him to get your vote or was it sealed at the start? No, never. Okay. Never. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of callers I'm getting. Okay, Bethany. Well, thank you very much. And uh, good luck in voting. All right. Thank you. You too. Okay. We got a live caller now. We looks like we have a message on our machine. And from there, we're going to close out the show. So let's go ahead, put on our message. Hey, this is Juan from Harupa calling in for the Joshua Nima show. I know I'm on a time limit here under a minute. Josh, I, I don't agree with you with the Biden-Harris ticket. There's so many inconsistencies with it, but I only have a minute. But one of the inconsistencies are Biden and Harris can't even, you know, agree on the pronunciation of her first name. But I feel like we need Trump in office four more years. Here's why he got stuff done in his first term. This next term, I feel is it's going to be time for him to clean house and do the things that is necessary for this country to to succeed and and continue to move further along in the future. But I really, really wish that one of the things he would go ahead and consider and get done are term limits for everyone that serves in any capacity in D.C. So please let me know your thoughts on this. I just feel like we don't need any more 20, 30, 40-year people on this, including Biden. Okay. Well, I like to have a little balance on the show, so we have a Trump voter there. Um, you guys are also free to call into the show. We could talk and go back and forth, but as much as you guys might be surprised, I agree with Juan. We do need to have term limits. I think people, if we talked about it earlier with Anna, they've been there 30, 40 years. It's been too long. Um, 
Now, how long those term limits are, that's another story, but Juan's right. We need term limits. I don't agree about Trump, but we need to turn this ship around. We need to fix it. We get past Tuesday. We all become happy Americans no matter who we voted for. And then I would welcome any discussion we have on term limits and getting rid of some of these people, bringing in fresh blood and new ideas. And with that, I think we have a very special closing for you. You're going to hear from a lot of people in the next few minutes. So keep your ears on and let's go on this little adventure together. So you said that you like and respect Donald Trump in the past. Is it getting harder to respect him? Would you still support him if he were the nominee? You know, I have to say, seeing him go deeper and deeper to the gutter, it's not easy to tick me off. I don't get angry often. But you mess with my wife, you mess with my kids, that'll do it every time. Donald, you're a sniveling coward and leave Heidi the hell alone. This morning, Donald Trump went on national television and attacked my father. Donald Trump alleges that my dad was involved in assassinating JFK. Now, let's be clear. This is nuts. This is not a reasonable position. This is just kooky. And while I'm at it, I guess I should go ahead and admit, yes, my dad killed JFK. He is secretly Elvis, and, J and Jimmy Hoffa is buried in his backyard. I'm going to do something I haven't done for the entire campaign, for those of y'all who have traveled with me all across the country. I'm going to tell you what I really think of Donald Trump. This man is a pathological liar. He doesn't know the difference between truth and lies. He lies practically every word that comes out of his mouth. And in a pattern that I think is straight out of a psychology textbook, his response is to accuse everybody else of lying. He accuses everybody on that debate stage of lying. And it's simply a mindless yell. Whatever he does, he accuses everyone else of doing. The man ca cannot tell the truth, but he combines it with being a narcissist. A narcissist at a level I don't think this country's ever seen. Think about the next five years. The boasting, the pathological lying, the picking up the National Enquirer and accusing people of killing JFK, the bullying. Think about your kids coming back and emulating this. For people in Indiana who long for a day when we were nice to each other, when we treated people with respect, when we didn't engage in sleaze and lies, and I would note one of the lies he engages in, listen, Donald Trump is a serial philanderer, and he boasts about it. This is not a secret. He's proud of being a serial philanderer. I want everyone to think about your teenage kids. The President of the United States talks about how great it is to commit adultery, how proud he is. Describes his battles with venereal disease as his own personal Vietnam. That's a quote, by the way, on the Howard Stern show. Do you want to spend the next five years with your kids bragging about infidelity? Now, what does he do? He does the same projection, just like a pathological liar. He accuses everyone of lying. Even though he boasts about his infidelity, he plants in David Pecker's National Enquirer a lie about me and my family, attacking my family. He accuses others of doing what he is doing.
What is your reaction to hearing what Donald Trump says? I'm disgusted. Well, I'm going to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you like this guy. I think what you like about him, he appears to be strong when the rest of us are weak. He's a very successful businessman, and he's going to make everything great. He's going to take all the problems of the world and put them in a box and make your life better. That's what he's selling. Here's what you're buying. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. Bye-bye. Look, see, he's smiling. See, he's having a good time. Oh, I love the old days, you know? You know what I hate? There's a guy totally disruptive, throwing punches. We're not allowed to punch back anymore. I love the old days. You know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretcher, folks. That's true. You know, I love our police, and I really respect our police, and they're not getting enough. They're not. But honestly, I hate to see that. Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else when we're talking. And he's walking out, and we're not allowed, you know, the guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing, like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. And there you just heard Republican Senator Ted Cruz and what he thought of Donald Trump. You heard Republican Senator Lindsey Graham and what he thought about Trump. You hear Ted Cruz say he's a sniveling coward, he's a liar, he's a crook. You hear Lindsey Graham say he's a kook and a race baiter. And then you hear from Donald Trump's own mouth, because I didn't want to put the words there, talking about punching people in the face the good old days when people would be taken out on stretchers. And then the Access Hollywood video. And I think the worst statement that he ever made, forget anything else, when you're a star... They let you do anything you want. And that's how Donald Trump has come into this presidency. He says what he wants. He tweets what he wants. He does these things. He attacks people. He does all this disgusting stuff. And he gave you his mindset right there. When you're a star, you could do anything you want. Well, guess what? Whether you're a star or not, you get to vote November 3rd, this coming Tuesday, and you get to vote and decide what you want. And so go out and vote. Let your voice be heard. If you want this, by God, go ahead and vote for it. If you want change, if you want to bring normalcy back to America, if you want to turn this ship around, go ahead and vote on November 3rd to do that. And I want to just leave you. I'm going to let Trump close out today's show. Go ahead and play that clip, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy.